All right. Good evening. Today is uh, May 2nd, 2023, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is um, step 10 uh, into action, and our speaker tonight is Amy B. Thank you. Take it away, Amy B. Thank you so much, Tony, and thank you, Amy, and thank you, Zach, and thank you, everybody, for doing service at this meeting tonight. My name is Amy B. I am a very uh, grateful compulsive overeater living recovered from the food today, one day at a time. And um, oh man, to hear Tony say May 2nd. Um, today is my five year abstinence anniversary. Um, and I'm just really grateful for the miracle. Um, okay, so I'm here to speak on step 10 and I wanna speak on step 10 and I'm gonna really speak on step 10. Um, I was not gonna share photos, but I think that in qualifying, it just goes a long way. So I'm gonna do it super quickly. These are some photos from various times in my life. I don't have a lot of photos from my top weight. Um, over 300 pounds multiple times, um, very hallmark obesity, round body shape, just all of it everywhere. Uh, like I said, I don't have a lot of photos. They're blurry. They're out of focus because I hid from cameras or I destroyed photos or whatever. This was one way that my disease expressed itself, this binge eating, this very, very quick weight gain, extreme weight gain, um, morbid obesity. This is another way that my disease expressed itself, which was extreme restriction over exercising, um, just obsessiveness in the other direction, hurting myself in another way. Um, I have more pictures from this time. It was no less diseased, no less sick, no less painful. Uh, I have this photo, this, this um, selfie. Uh, I, had, I had the weight off for a while, actually, and I thought I had it. Um, I did not. After that comes this. This is five years ago. This is five years ago. Oh, my goodness. It's five years ago today. It is my second day in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. My first day was May 1st, which I love to say is um, a holiday known as May Day. And a May Day is a cry for help. And the fact that my first day in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous was May Day, a cry for help. And somebody very, very dear to me, very recently said to me, oh, I love how your higher power works. And she was so right, because that is just mm, how my higher power works. Anyway, so here we go. Five years ago, my first day of my current abstinence. And this is a graph that I like to show. It's my weight up and down and up and down. These are over a hundred pound swings. I had 25 years of my life before I came into the rooms of OA, and I have the graph titled A Powerless and Unmanageable Life, because that's what it looks like up and down, up and down. Um, I will tell you that these five years I am down, again, over 100 pounds, uh, 130-ish pounds, 130 pounds, um, one day at a time. Uh, and I t the five years is a miracle. It really is, and I can't believe it. Um, and I say that because it's testimony that this program works, that there is a solution and it, and it can work um, for a duration of time. 
Um, but every single day is day one for me. I wake up every single day needing a program of recovery. So when I say I'm recovered in the food, um, I have healed from that illness. And I, the other definition of recovered that I love, um, I have been found after I was lost. And I recognize that something that was lost and found can be lost again. So for today, I am recovered in the food. I am still an addict one day at a time. And I need a program of recovery. And step 10 is a really big program of recovery. So, okay, it's as much time as I want to talk about qualifying. And I want to move on to step 10. Um, I'm going to share my screen again with uh, the, the literature. I, I want to go over the literature. And um, if you have your book, you can follow along, but we're going to put it on the screen because um, the words are important. So step 10 starts off. Oh, okay. I do want to take a moment because I feel myself getting excited to set aside my ego and invite my higher power to carry a message of this program and set aside everything that I think I know about this step and what I'm supposed to say and how I'm supposed to share and how I'm supposed to show up. And let me be a vessel and a light. Ooh, okay, all right. This is a perfect way for me to talk about when I need step 10, when I feel myself getting activated. It's not always angry. It's not always fearful. Sometimes it's excited, it's carried away. I heard a speaker once say that I can be three miles down the wrong road in an instant teleported, transported from like nothing's going on to I'm on high level engagement, activated, all my feeling feelers out there. That's dangerous for me as an addict. Okay, step 10. Step 10 in the book comes, come on, here we go, right after the ninth step promises. So step 10 follows this beautiful, are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. This thought brings us to step 10. This thought being that these promises, these extravagant promises are being fulfilled sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, as long as we work for them. So that thought, they'll come quickly, slowly, as long as we work them, brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. I wanna pause for a second um, and just read the words of step 10 as they appear in how it works in the listing of the steps. 
um, on page 59 in the big book. I'm not going to flip to it here. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. I note that in step 10, it says personal inventory. In step four, it refers to a moral inventory. I think the language there um, indicates what continues throughout the rest of this, which is when we get to step 10, we are personalizing our inventory, our program um, for, for our life as we live it, for our defects as we experience them with our higher power as we understand it. It's personal. It is personal. This all brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. That's twice with the word continue in one sentence. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. As we cleaned up the past, I read as making amends. When we are making our amends, we are cleaning up the wreckage of the past. That is how it is described. Um, so I know that my experience with step 10 and the way I, I read step 10 is once um, I'm working on amends, I need to also be working step 10s. Um, we have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. That's my job now. My job now is to learn and to help. And it's not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. That's three. That's three times the word continue. This is an ongoing thing. This is an ongoing thing. Continue, oh my gosh, four times. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Now here is where the instructions for a, um, a spot check inventory are given in the big book. They're very, very specific. So everything that comes before this, the thought that brings us to step 10, brings us to these instructions. Here's the first instruction. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. These are my these are my defects. These are my defective instincts, my defecting behaviors. And continue to watch just basically means be aware, be alert, recognize when I am getting activated, recognize when I am transporting. I felt it when that happened, when I was getting keyed up. And I feel it, I felt it this afternoon when the woman in front of me online at the supermarket was behaving in a way that I uh, uh, would, 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 I, I, I was resentful and selfish. Um, and I need to watch for that. I recognize it when it comes up in my body. Okay, continue to watch, be aware. So when I recognize that that's happening, what do I do? Here's a very direct instruction. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. When these crop up, not if, this program does not at any point tell me that I'm going to stop having selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. It's saying, in fact, they are going to crop up. We are not 
perfect people because we work the steps. We are still human beings having a human experience and we are addicts with a mental twist. So when these things crop up, comma, we ask God at once to remove them. This is real direct and simple. Just like in how it works, it's very direct when it tells you taking a moral inventory to put pen to paper. It is very direct about talking about the cause and how it affects me and what my part is. Here it says, when these crop up, I ask God at once to remove them. That's what I need to do. When I get activated, I need to say, woof. I need to seek divine guidance. I need to seek peace. I need to, I need to seek God. And I have at various times in my growing, changing God as I understand God evolution. I've sometimes thought of this as I ask God at once to remove me from them, to remove me from those instincts. Please, God, lead me in another direction. That, at various times in my recovery, has felt more personal to me. To say, when these crop up, I ask God at once to remove me from them. Personalizing. What comes next? This sentence. Now, this sentence is um, a source of spirited debate. The whole 10th step really is a source of spirited debate. And I actually want to stop right here and say, if what you are doing is giving you relief, then you're doing it right. There are many, many ways to practice this program. Always unity with diversity policy is beautiful. The whole thing, not just the first paragraph, which is sometimes read at meeting, but the whole thing. And basically what it says is there are many ways to practice the 12 steps and to seek a higher power and to recover. This program is personal. The step is personal. I'm referring to the instructions in the big book as they're written, that's all. Okay, spirited debate, here we go. Um, we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. There's not a comma in this sentence. This is, one com this is one sentence without a comma in it. There's a comma in the sentence before. There's no comma in this sentence. What does that mean? It means that if you flip it, if I flip it, it it's going to sound awkward, but it should read this. It'll have the same meaning, which is to say, if we've harmed anyone, we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly, which is to say, if, I'm, if I've harmed somebody, I have to admit it to myself, to another human being, and to God, and not just admit, tell the truth reluctantly, but admit, let someone in. Don't keep it a secret. I've done something wrong. I don't want to sit with shame in the darkness of my head. It gets ugly real fast. If I've harmed somebody, I, if I have to talk about it as soon as I can, and I have That's to make amends sense. quickly. Thank you, Zach. Darn it. Um, uh, so, so I have to, that could sometimes be the person I've harmed. There's a great, um, 
there's a there's a piece of uh, literature. It's not conference approved and on step ten. And there's some anecdotal pieces in there that uh, talk about and and I realized I had said something harmful and selfish. And right then I did a step ten. I took a breath. I asked God to remove it from me. And I said to the person across from me, I'm sorry, that was selfish. How can I make amends? And I discuss it with someone immediately. That's maybe, you know, um, it doesn't say it. it huh. So again, also, I want to discuss in the, in the context of this book immediately in the 1930s, not everybody had a phone in their pocket and not everybody had a phone in their home. It means my earliest opportunity, which means that that timeline can work for us as well. Because we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help, which also means I resolutely turn my thoughts off of me and what happened to me and how I was bothered and how I was affected. And I, and I turn it out. Now, I, I wanna to switch to the 12 and 12, and I know I don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to break out this idea of personal inventory, that there are different ways to do inventory. And the instructions in the big book are specific to a spot check. And the 12 and 12 um, goes a little deeper into it. This is page 89, if you have your 12 and 12. And what it starts is, although all inventories are alike in principle, the time factor does distinguish one from another. Um, so that right there it's saying that it's going to talk about the different types of inventories there are different types of inventories this is the chapter on step 10 and we're going to talk about them differentiated by time factor the first one is the spot check taken at any time of day whenever we get tangled up that's the thing that we just discussed in the big book a spot check at any time of day when these crop up we ask God at once to remove them. That's one kind of inventory. And we're distinguishing by time factor. Here's the next kind. There's the one we take at day's end where we review the happenings of the hours just passed. Here we cast up a balance sheet, crediting ourselves with things well done and chalking up debits were due. That's the 11th step nightly review. And it takes more time. Remember, we're differentiating by time factor, the time factor. So the one we take at day's end is where I ask myself, where was I resentful? Is there anything I need to discuss with someone? All those times today that I took a moment and I had to ask God to remove, didn't harm anybody. But like, wow, that was a bunch of times today. I need someone to hold up a mirror. I need to talk about this. This is a we program. And this, in the 11th step, I take a little more time and say, is there somebody I need to talk to about this? Are there amends I need to make? How can I show myself more grace? How can I show others more grace? That's another type of inventory. The, then there are those occasions when alone or in the company of our sponsor or spiritual advisor, we make a careful review of our progress since the last time. Many AAs go in for annual or semi-annual house cleanings. Many of us also like the experience of an occasional retreat from the outside world. We can quiet down for an undisturbed day or so of self-overhaul and meditation. That's more like a fourth step moral inventory. That's an extended house cleaning. That's a, I need a deep dive. My emotional sobriety is acting up. I'm, I'm, my nightly review is getting longer and longer. These resentments keep cropping up over and over again. I need to see what's underneath. I need to branch out. And may I point out that it says here, 
alone or in the company of our sponsor or spiritual advisor. An occasional retreat, an undisturbed day of self-overhaul and meditation. Sometimes we talk with other people. Sometimes we get quiet with God. All of those things are valid. This is a we program. I know my time is up, so I'll, I'll, I'll close. This is a we program. And I have to, have to share what's going on with me and ask my fellows to lovingly hold up a mirror when I am in pain, when I'm trapped in dishonesty, when I am trapped in my head. I don't always need to do it on the spot at any time of day. I am an addict. I am disturbed on the regular. If I haven't harmed anybody, I need to resolutely turn my thoughts off myself and off what happened to me and how it affected me. And I need to think of the collective energy I need to show myself some grace, and then I need to show someone else some grace. God is the thread of love that is woven within us all. Ooh, thank you for letting me do service. I passed. Thank you so much, Amy B. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares, um, as this is a big book study, sharing questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or asterisk nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, Zach, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, leader calls names in order. All right, here we go. And we're gonna go first to Amy L. Oh, I don't think I was first though. <laughs> That's how it's showing on my, oh. whatever you wanna do. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll just be quick. I want to say thank you. I, I can't find you, Amy, but thank you, thank you. That was so beautiful. And I love how you ended. God is the thread of love that's woven within us all. And I have <laughs> I have something I say every day in my morning prayer. God, please unravel me and weave me anew. So it's funny how we, you know, there's this synchronicity that flows with us, but I wanted to appreciate just everything you shared. I, I loved how you talked about bodily signs, you know, when we are caught by our defects, that, that you know, bondage of self, self-centeredness, dishonesty, fear, resentment, self-seeking. And to me, the greatest gift is that I can sit with my daughter who's graduating college on the phone last night where she is telling me something very triggering for me asking me about money something and i can feel that catch like i get caught 
and I can breathe in God. And for me, it's, you know, I, it's just that softening. For me, God is, is that force that softens my heart, that loosens my grip and flow, then flows through me. So thank you so much. This is an amazing path, a way of life. And I look forward to hearing everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Julie. Hi, Amy. Oh my God, thank you, thank you, thank you for your share. You know, step 10 is um, something that I used to love and hate at the same time. Uh, anytime I would go into relapse, if I had three years or four years of becoming recovered, that last six months, you know, they say we go backwards in the steps faster than we go forward. And I wasn't doing step 10s. I was listening to too many step 10s, sponsoring too many people. And that ego started to rebuild. And it's like, but there's a balance now. It's like, you know, I just celebrated three years again. I'm still maintaining 155 pound weight loss, which is just a bonus. That's not why, you know, that's not why we're here. But it's, when do I do a step 10? And I love what you said, Amy, about immediately meant something different in the 30s. They didn't have a cell phone. They couldn't text. They had to go find a phone booth. So I get to stop and pause and like pray, turn, and then take my action. And then after I do that, if I need to make a call, I will. But I, I think my God wants me to have a serene life you know, serenity versus calamity as a result of living a spiritual life that I'm not doing 10 steps constantly because that would be a barometer for me. Just like my nightly review is a barometer when I see, you know, if I character assassinated two days in a row on an engineer or something like that. So it's like, yes, thank God that I've, I think, I think I've learned that, yes, when I do a 10 step, it's when I need to do a 10 step. And there's so many different ways of, of people doing some, they write it down, they make this elaborate thing. Again, if it works for you, that's great, but I need to keep it simple and just follow the big book because it's, it's just pretty clear what I'm supposed to do. I just love seeing the energy wrapped around everybody. I mean, you know, there's something about our face, they say the glow in a recovered person. Uh, there's no mistaking that when when we're recovered. And um, I'm just so grateful to be here. And Amy, happy birthday. And I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Bye. Thank you, Julie. Nancy P. Hi, uh, Nancy P. Recovering Western Massachusetts. Amy, I came tonight specifically because I knew that you were sharing and it was awesome. So I love step 10, but I, I also don't like call people ever almost for step 10s because, you know, the, the point of step 10 is to stay vigilant. So the only way for me to stay vigilant is to make sure that I'm absolutely welded to the to the the thing that takes care of me and keeps me safe. And you know, this thought that brings us to step 10 is step nine, the promises from step nine, one of which is that it all this will become a working part of the mind. So, you know, I've got that working in my mind. So I don't need to 
to worry about what's going to happen. And, and the days of me harming people, actually harming people where I have to, you know, where I say something awful or I don't really do mean awful things anymore, but I can occasionally say awful things. And, um, you know, I tell my, you know, people call me all the time and I tell my sponsees, like, there's not a lot of talking actually involved in the 10th step. The only place where we talk for me, where I talk is if, and only if I've harmed someone. And even then, if I've harmed someone, I don't, I call someone up to talk about it. If I don't know how to approach the person, should I call? Should I visit? Should I write? Should I living, you know, do a living amend? What, what should I, what is the best way? What is your opinion on that? I seek counsel from others. That's what it says in the fourth step. Um, and so I continue to do that. And, you know, my next function that ten, that the 10th step allows me to do is to continue to grow in understanding and effectiveness. That's my job for the rest of my life. And if I continue to do that, I don't need to worry about anything else as long as I'm growing in effectiveness in, um, in understanding and effectiveness. And, you know, I get a lot of calls for 10 steps and they say, you know, can I do a 10 step? Of course. I resent my whoever because of this makes me feel that way. And then they go through the whole list and they say, do you have any suggestions? And I always say the same thing. Sounds like you nailed it because I, don't, I barely listen because the details don't matter. If it were me, I then say, I would spend the next 45 minutes on the phone talking to other people, not talking about myself, because the most important line in the 10th step is just the one where it says, we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone else we can help. Resolutely means your focus and determination. And um, that's what I do. And I and because, because I'm so vigilant, I, do, I am quite vigilant, it's like what Bill says, you know, in on page 15 in Bill's story, it's an important page to me. It says, you know, two in two areas, you know, it were this way of living, um, it works even in difficult, you know, even when life gets difficult. And then the, the previously it says, work with a newcomer sets me on my feet again. It works when all else fails. And and my attitude is if I wait till all else fails, I'm in way deeper shit than I thought. And That's secondly, time. yeah, I'll wrap up and say, and the second one that, um, you know, it works when all, you know, in, in difficulty, it works especially, it doesn't work even in difficult situations, it works especially in difficult situations. And the 10th step sort of wraps all that up in, in one neat package for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks again, Amy. It was awesome. Thank you, Nancy. Heidi. Oh, okay. Hi, Heidi B. from New York, Recovered for Today. Amy, thank you so much for um, your absolutely beautiful share and happy birthday. <laughs> um, I just resonated with so much. I, um, you know, when you started talking about, um, like, even when you were um, on the downswing of, of uh, weight, you know, that that was just as disease. And for me, I, you know, it was even more diseased because I was even more obsessed with what I looked like and, um, the noise and whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I actually wanted to ask a question. Um, if you could maybe spend a little more time, um, discussing, um, the, um, like, when do you, like, like, when do you, um, make a call? Like when, you know, like you talked about, um, we need to talk to someone, we need to hold up the mirror and, but 
we also uh, you also touched on like we call people like when we've harmed someone. So um, when is it that that you pick up the phone? Thank you. That's a great question. Thank you, Heidi. Okay, so um, this is going to be personal to me, and it's going to be personal to each situation, like everything else. Um, if I've harmed someone, obviously I have to make amends, but the other part of it is, is not to that person. In my opinion, it is admitting it to somebody else. And again, that de definition of admitting, letting someone else in. So I am not alone with the bad thing that I did. That's my, that's my, that's the voice, the noise that if I'm alone is going to get a louder. If I've hurt somebody, I have, I, I mean, I am so grateful. And this is something that like, I know we're talking about 10 and, you know, not that, but service, doing service has given me a contact list filled with names, filled with people. By doing service, just folks that I need to ask for passwords or like, readings or like whatever it is and i know that they are people who show up for this program for recovery i will reach out to somebody that i know is solid that i can trust because i need a grounded person i will admit again i'm letting you all in that sometimes I know I have to talk to somebody because I things are getting really, 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 really dark. Um, the old stories are pressed up against my face. I know I have to talk to somebody when I don't want to talk to anybody. When I want to stay in the dark, when I when I just want to call and be like, "Hi, Amy V, recovered compulsive overeater. Welcome to the meeting. Glad you're a newcomer. Can I talk to you about the doctor's opinion all day long, all day long, all day long? Because I'm getting away. I need to talk when I don't want to talk. When I don't want to tell anybody what's going on, and um. Oftentimes, I will send a text that will say, I need to talk and I don't want to talk. Or I need to talk, but I'm not ready yet. And I will send it to somebody who I know will follow up for me. Or I'll say, hey, it's been a rough couple of days. And the next time the person is talking to me, they'll be like, hey, you mentioned it was a when they when they're like, hey, I need help with someone that phone call I'll make. That's time. And then they're like, hey, I'll wrap up. And then they're like, hey, you mentioned it was rough. Do you want to talk? We, we, we do this for each other. I hope I answered the question. Thank you. Amy L., you want to go ahead and stop the recording? Thank you. Okay. Um, 